We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Right now we're joined by John Olsheimer. It's the fastest hour in radio. It really is. Credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax. How you doing, John? Hey, Tommy. Happy New Year. Thanks Happy for having New me. Happy New Year to you, too, sir. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience. Not that you have to, but just so people understand why you know what you know. Yeah, why am I on the phone with you? That's well, the there question. you go. I so, guess that'd be the yeah. question, sure. So last November was my 31st year in the credit industry, um, so probably older than a lot of your listeners. The I spent time at Equifax, which is one of the credit bureaus. I spent time at FICO, which is a company that essentially invented credit scoring. Um, and I've done uh, expert witness work in various credit-related lawsuits now for 17 years, and have been retained in over 650 cases. And so, I have an, I have a, I have I'm kind of an indentured servant to the credit industry. I don't really know anything else, but. Um, We've got a pretty deep understanding of credit reporting, credit scoring, and industry standards and the law as it pertains to all things credit. This you do know questions are rolling in. What about an 820 score? I don't know if that's somebody bragging or not, or they really don't know. That's flexing. 820 is <laughs> general. Flexing. I like it. Yeah. Well, that, I get that from my son. That's not an old timer or a John original. That's definitely right. from my son. So, yeah, 820 is by any definition an elite credit score. Uh, whoever is listening who has an 820 probably has um, a pristine credit report with many years of proper credit management and also probably has banks and other lenders throwing money at them at highly competitive rates and terms. Uh, 820 is about 100 points higher than the national average and is well in excess of any score that you're going to need in order to get the best interest rates on pretty much any form of credit. Somebody texted in here, and it's an interesting question. They said their son has an excellent credit rating and is besieged constantly with credit card offers. They have an excellent credit card uh, credit rating themselves, but they're over 60, and they don't get as many offers. Do the credit card companies kind of track activity or figure that the younger person's more likely to open the account? How do they do that? Yeah, it's it's very strategic, and it's not only based on credit score. The credit score is just used to assess the risk of doing business with somebody, not to assess the potential revenue of doing business with with, with somebody. So someone who is younger, maybe has fewer credit cards in their wallet, um, they, and also has an excellent credit score. They're a fantastic prospect for a credit card issuer because if you can get into the wallet early on in the credit life cycle, yeah. studies have shown that people are very faithful to their card issuers, and they, and they may be a customer uh, for, for life. 
for someone who is kind of my age, who has already had a, a ton of experience with credit, I'm not really aggressively pursued as much because I already am pretty set in my ways. I've already got my three and four cards that are that are kind of the top of my wallet inventory. And while I do get offers from time to time, I'm not getting hammered as if, for example, I was a younger person with you know four or five decades of credit uh, in front of me. Whatever it is, it's all about getting in a wallet. I've learned that in my life, John. I'll tell you that. Uh, somebody texted in, is there any advantage to having an American Express Platinum card? And I'll add on, or any American Express card. I've never had one. I never did want to pay for it. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, and in, in the spirit of full disclosure, Tommy, um, they're a client of mine, okay. and I've got three of their cards. So right. I, I, I think it's fair that your listeners know all that. Sure. Um, I, I think that American Express issues the best rewards card in the inventory of rewards cards. They're, and, and I say this from personal experience because I travel a lot. And uh, having their platinum business card makes my travel experience so much more enjoyable. And I don't enjoy traveling, but it, it, it absolutely makes it more enjoyable. So to the extent that you're okay absorbing a pretty high annual fee, I think my annual fee is almost $600, um, you're, you're going to get multiple times that back in the form of things like airline club access, um, you know, companion tickets. Uh, on airlines and so and so for for me it's it's the best card out there for a business traveler all right is there any way to remove yourself as this asks this text from a loan that you co-signed on without refinancing yeah they probably left out that i'm going through a divorce and i'm trying yeah. to get my name <laughs> off they, there's no doubt that they left that part off. i hear that question all the time and most of the time it's associated with a divorce um the answer to the question is no you can't the lender is not going to just voluntarily remove someone's name from a loan if there is a co-signer. The only way out of it is to sell the assets, either sell the car, sell the house, and then therefore that extinguishes the loan, or refinance it into one person's name. But obviously that person is going to have to be willing to do that, and they're going to have to be able to qualify for the loan on their own. That's the only way you can get your name off of a off of a pre-existing loan. Didn't mean to laugh at the person getting divorced, but been there, done that. Somebody texted in about Southwest Airlines, had a problem over the holidays. They got an email offering some kind of credit points or something. They're worried if they take that, they don't get the refund. Is that out of your wheelhouse? Yeah, you know, I, I did some traveling over the holidays, and I know that it that Southwest had a horrible December. Um, and, you know, I, I saw all the stories just like everyone else saw mm -hmm. all the stories. I, I'm not, that's not really in the credit wheelhouse. I, the, the one thing that I will say with any of these offers is, um, that, you know, this is a good attitude to have towards those. The big print giveth, the small print taketh away. Mm -hmm. And so be really, really familiar with the small print of any offers you're getting because it's, and the reason it's, it's the small print, Tommy, is because they don't want you to focus on it, right? That's why it's the small print. Mm -hmm. So, so be careful of what you're signing. You may be giving up your rights in some scenarios if you're if you sign up for something, um, and just just try to make the best decision based on a review of all of the documents, and don't just look at the stuff that's above the headline. That's the way magic works, misdirection gets you looking one way. Um, from sixty four forty two, the phone number. I have a one hundred twenty five dollar in quotation marks collection on my report no idea what it is all that's listed is an out-of-state address do i just send a payment there or how can i get more info than just what's listed so i can figure out how to call whoever it is yeah so if it's on your credit report the credit reporting standards require that any third-party debt collector 
that reports something to the credit bureaus, they also have to include the original creditor. So if you'll check your credit reports again, please, um, there should be, believe it or not, it's called the K-1 segment for those eggheads who are in the credit industry who are listening to you right now. And so you'll you'll see there that it's either going to be listed as a doctor's office or an apartment complex or something indicating that they are the original creditor and they've outsourced it to this third-party debt collector. That's actually a requirement. So you can't have these just what what generally people refer to as kind of like these um, mystery debts appearing on a credit report, which used to be a huge problem many years ago until the credit industry made it a requirement to actually disclose who the original creditors. But I wouldn't just go – I wouldn't just start sending money around yeah, I to any address without knowing, A, number one, if it's valid, and number two – um, if that's the correct address. And there's too much fraud going on right now to just be sending out checks without understanding what you're doing. And if you are, send John and I one. Here's a yeah. uh, text from 653, I think. Should we take all credit cards offered? Uh, while that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, you should take – first off, don't open a credit card just because some company sends you an offer. It, it, they're prospecting, and they may not be – it may not be the card you want. So uh, I just got done doing an interview about rewards cards. I would never, ever open a credit card unless it's one of these really good rewards cards. You should get something back in exchange for you using some company's credit card. And that's generally going to be in the form of a rewards program. So I like the cashback cards, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not complicated. You don't have to understand how points are converted to something else like with points cards. Everyone understands the value of money. Um, and so I, I like the, the cards that are going to give you cash back because they're not complicated. So don't just take an offer because you get one in the mail. Um, do, do your own due diligence on the front end and make sure you're choosing a card that has a rewards program that's meaningful to you. Hi, we're underway. Fastest hour in radio. John Olzheimer, credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax. If you have any questions about checking your credit rating, your credit score, what affects it, how can you improve it, what can hurt it, what can you inadvertently do to hurt it when you don't even think you are, like maybe having somebody run your credit when you're buying a car, etc. 504-260-1870. Back in a flash, text your question. Or if it's complicated, you can call in. We'll put you on the air with John. Tommy Tucker, back in a flash, WWL. 924, got a nice day ahead waiting for us. We're talking to John Olzheimer, credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax, telling you where the skeletons are buried when it comes to credit rating and credit reports and what you can do to help yourself, what you can do to inadvertently hurt yourself, and what it is that you should avoid. Um, Happy Monday, guys. What's the best way to report and remove errors on your credit report? I have several. Yeah, the look, you have you have the considerable weight of the Fair Credit Reporting Act on your side. Um, it's a federal statute that I think this year turns 53 years old. It's been amended dozens of times. It's a consumer protection statute, and it really defines what your rights are as it pertains to challenging information that you feel is incorrect. If you've got a credit report that has multiple errors on it, that believe it or not, that's actually kind of unusual. When people do find errors on their credit reports. It's usually an isolated thing here or there. It's usually not, you know, washed or awash with errors. But here, here's what you can do. And this is all free, by the way. It's just going to cost you some time. Um, you're going to want to contact all three of the credit reporting agencies independently. Do it in writing. Send it via certified mail. I guess that will cost a little bit, so sorry about that. Um, and clearly define what it is that's wrong on your credit reports and why it is wrong. Don't be... Um, don't, don't send it some sort of a dispute letter 
that is confusing. Don't just say I disagree with my credit because then the credit bureaus don't have an obligation to read your mind. So um, print a copy of it, circle what's wrong, make it very, very easy so that there's no ambiguity with respect to the item. When you send that information to the credit bureaus, you actually set off a, a chain of events that is largely required by federal law, which is that the credit bureaus now have to perform what's referred to as a reasonable investigation into your claim. What they will do as a matter of common practice is they will contact all of the sources of information that you claim is wrong, because obviously you don't have a credit card with Equifax. You don't have a car loan with Experian. You don't have a collection with TransUnion. So they actually have to go to the companies that have furnished that information to them. And they're going to communicate your disputes with them, including copies of whatever documents that you sent to the credit bureaus. And now those companies, those are referred to as furnishers, those companies also have to perform a reasonable investigation into your claim. If they consider the item to be incorrect, they have to make corrections. If the item is unverifiable, meaning they have no record of it, they have to remove it. Um, if the item in their mind is correct, then they will verify it as being correct. Nonetheless, once this all is done, the credit bureaus have to send you a summary of the results of their investigation. All this stuff that I just explained usually takes about 10 to 14 days, and so it's not a really long process. Uh, but, but don't go out applying for loans until you get this taken care of. And, and like I said, other than, I guess, the cost of certified mail, all of this should be free. When I opened a credit card, my credit score was in the low 800s. Now it's in the lower 700s due to a balance on credit cards, which I'm in the process of trying to pay off, the credit company is offering to raise my credit limit, which I'm in favor of, to improve my credit. Do you think they would increase my limit since my score went down, and would it be worth me unfreezing my credit and letting them check it? Yeah, so if you have a pre-existing account um, relationship with the creditor, which it sounds like you do, they still have access to your credit reports even if they're frozen. That's one of the exceptions of the security freeze is if you have a pre-existing relationship they can still check your credit report. It's just creditors that you don't have a relationship with. Those are the ones that won't be able to get their hands on your credit reports. Um, yeah, you know, this under, Tommy, this underscores the importance of credit card balances as a, on your credit scores. A lot of people think, hey, you know, I pay my bills on time. I have perfect credit. And while that's fantastic, that's only about a third of the points in your score. Two-thirds of the points in your score have nothing to do with whether or not you're paying your bills on time, which really – it's kind of shocking to some people. So the credit card balances are a big deal. If you, um, if your cards, the balances get too high and too close to the credit limits, your credit utilization ratio, that's what that's called, will go up. And if it goes up too high, then your score is going to suffer considerably. There's, there's a variety of ways to solve this problem. Number one is you can pay them down and then you've solved the problem. Number two is you can have your credit limits increased and then that ratio is going to go down. Or number three is you can do a combination of both. Um, if your card issuers are willing to increase your limits and you're disciplined, meaning that you're not going to just spend more just because you have more available credit, then you always want to have higher credit limits because then those ratios are going to be lower. So it, it, it sounds like to me that if they're willing to do it, even with the lower credit score, and, and keep in mind, something in the low 700s is not considered a bad score. That's still a pretty good score. So hopefully you'll get a higher limit. Those ratios will go down. And over time, as you're able to chip away at those balances, um, you know, your, your score is going to improve for no other reason than your balances are going down. Somebody texted, and every time I pay my credit card bill online, they ask me to update my income so they can update my credit limit. Do I want to do this or not? 
Yeah, again, I, and you're not you're not alone. We all have to go through that process. Um, the credit card issuers, believe it or not, since 2009, there's been a requirement as part of the CARD Act, the Credit Card Accountability and Responsibility and Disclosure Act of 2009, that card issuers have to do a um, they have to, to to take reasonable steps to uh, verify that you have the capacity to make payments on credit cards, meaning that they have to verify that you have some sort of an income. And one way that they can do that is to continue to ask you to essentially affirm your income or ask you to update your income. And so that's a reasonable step that they're taking. So they're actually probably doing it for a variety of reasons. Number one is they're required to do it. Number two is if you have a high enough income, then you have the capacity, obviously, to take on more debt because your debt-to-income ratios are lower, which means that they're going to be more comfortable offering you higher credit limits. Look, I to the extent that you're responsible, right, and I want to preface this with that, if you're responsible, there is absolutely nothing wrong with having really, really high credit limits. But if you have a really, really high credit limits and you think that that's a license to get into a lot of debt, oh, no. then don't then don't do it. No. But if you are if you if you're responsible, then you definitely want to have high credit limits because it's much better for your credit scores. You know, John, I think we talk about this every time. I think as a young person, you presume that well, somebody's watching something, and if they're offering me this credit card with this limit, well, then I can afford to run it up. And no, that's not the case at all. Nobody's watching anything that's not what they're saying correct yeah look it, the credit card that lenders are in business to lend money and the way lenders make money is generally through interest in fees that's their business model and um it, you, you you have you you don't have the right to credit right that's something that you earn and if you do business with lenders and you manage the debt responsibly, and be a, it can be a fantastic relationship that lasts for many, many decades. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. If you abuse the relationship, meaning that you miss payments or you default through other means or you max out credit cards, that's where the system can be very punitive to a, a, uh, a borrower. So to the extent that you're using cards responsibly, I love credit cards. And you know why? Name another 
form of credit where interest is optional. Mm-hmm. It's not optional on a mortgage. It's not optional on a student loan. It's not optional on a personal loan. And unless you have a 0% interest car loan, it's not optional on a car loan. For credit cards, it is optional because the only time you pay interest is if you carry a balance from one month to the next. So I love credit cards because they give consumers the ability to completely avoid paying interest as long as they manage them responsibly. And so, you know, there's there's certain best practices to managing all forms of credit. And when it comes to credit cards, it's all about not carrying balances. If you're making $40,000 a year and somebody sends you a credit card with a $15,000 balance, that doesn't mean you've suddenly gotten a $15,000 a year raise. Keep that in mind. 932, more with John Alzheimer when we come back. Michael's got a complicated question. On line one, we'll take him. 504-260-1870, the fastest hour in radio. John Alzheimer, credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax. We got 27 minutes left, and we'll try to get your question in. If you text it in now, let's take a look at traffic on WWL. 937, 23 before 10. Quickly back to John Olzheimer, credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax. I'm Tommy Tucker. Michael, New Orleans, you're on with John Olzheimer. Good morning. Good morning, Tommy and John. i got a question for you. I think you answered my question the last uh, session. My credit score for the last several years has been around 802, hovering between 802 803. Within the last 60 days, I've dropped about three points. And the only way I can surmise, I have two credit cards, bank credit cards, nowhere near, they're not maxed out. All thing I can surmise is that my mortgage went up and I had to pay an increase in my escrow balance. Because of insurance, uh, Michael? Yes, okay. correct. Right. And so I'm scratching my head to say, man, I'm paying my bills on time. I'm, I'm really anal about paying. I want, I want an excellent credit score. What's the problem? Um, so... I mean, if your scores are hovering at 800, you you don't really have a problem, I and mean, you you have excellent credit scores. So, um, the the fact that they're moving a, a few points here and there isn't really what I would call a meaningful difference in scores. That's more attributable to what's called organic score migration, which is just the changing of information in your credit. Every single month, information on your credit report changes. Everything becomes a month older. Balances are likely changing on different types of credit card accounts. And so if you look at the combination of all those changes, your scores aren't going to be the same month after month. That just doesn't that just hasn't happened. So I, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in the fact that your scores are going from 803 to 802 or 803 to 800. And in the, in the eyes of a lender, those scores all mean the same thing, which is that you're an excellent credit risk. If it went from 803 to 703, then we have a different issue, obviously. But I, I wouldn't get all wrapped up. Um, in the fact that they're going from a, a really, really good score to another really, really good score. The, the different, so the fact that your monthly impounds have gone up because either your insurance is more expensive or your taxes have gone up and therefore your impounds have gone up and therefore your monthly payment has gone up, um, that, that does not gonna, that's not going to have any impact on your score because the scheduled monthly payment value on your mortgage loans is not considered by scoring systems. And so okay. that, that, in, that in and of itself is not going to be the answer to any question about why is my score higher or why is my score lower. It's, it's, it's attributable to something else, but the fact that it's changing by such a tiny amount is, is probably not being you, – you're not going to be able to put your finger on your credit report and say, yes, it's that thing that's causing my score to be lower by a point or two. Can we tell Michael to relax maybe? Well, I didn't want to say that, um, but – 
Yeah, I mean, look, it, no, nobody listening who has a score of 580 is sympathetic right now because 803 is a damn good score. Michael, and, look, but, Michael, yeah. I get it. And, and, John, we have a huge insurance crisis here, and I get it. Michael, I'm glad you called. I just don't want you to worry, Thank all right? You. Thank you. Appreciate have, you. Have a good day. Back to the uh, text line here. Um, how do we get free copy of our credit reports? Ah, awesome question. Okay, so the credit reporting industry, right? Okay, so write this website down, but you got to get it right, okay? Don't misspell anything. It's www.annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. That is the one and only um, source of credit reports that is mandated by federal law. So the credit bureaus had to set up that website actually 20 years ago this this year. John, one more um, time, because I can guarantee you anything that's even close to that has been hiked by scammers already. What is the appropriate yeah. site? Annualcreditreport.com. Case sensitive or not? Nope. Okay. Annualcreditreport.com. Um, it, you're right, Tommy. If, if you misspell something, you're going to end up at a squatter website. Um, if, if you end up at a website where they're asking you for some form of payment, you're in the wrong place. Get off the website. Annualcreditreport.com is the correct website. The credit reporting agent. So the credit bureaus are required under federal law to give everybody in the United States a free copy of their credit reports at, at the consumer's request once every 12 months. Since COVID, so basically since early 2020, the credit reporting agencies have essentially unlocked that website. And now you can claim free copies of your credit reports every week. And so if you're really... If you if you really want to get Michael going here, don't do it. Yeah, Yeah. you could pull three credit reports every week for 52 weeks. And so you could you know, you could load up on copies of your credit reports. And so that's where you can get them and they're going to be free and you can pull them pretty much every Monday as part of your morning routine if you'd like to. Um, two texts here, kind of similar. One says, your guest mentioned that Amex Platinum is best for frequent travelers. What's best for those that don't? Another one says, I want a card with travel perks like rental car insurance, but only travel once or twice a year, so don't want a high annual fee. Those are kind of connected. What would you say, John? Yeah, so if you want a, a cheap rewards card that's still really good, I like the Discover Cashback card. It's it's you know It's kind of the first to market cashback card, and it's still... Um, one of the very few really good rewards cards that doesn't have an annual fee. Um, and so I, I, I like that. And because and we talked about this earlier, Tommy, I love cashback as a reward because everyone understands the value of a dollar, but not everyone understands the value of 50,000 points, right? So um, if, if, you're, if you want a rewards card and you don't want to pay an annual fee, um, then the, the Discover Cashback Rewards Cards is a good one. The the travel insurance, so so that's what I would call kind of a page two or page three um, credit card benefit. A lot of people don't realize that almost every single credit card that you have has a list of benefits that you probably don't know anything about. Uh, and if you travel a lot, uh, you know, over the overseas, meaning a lot of international travel or domestic travel, you're going to want to get an understanding of some of the protections and some of the benefits that you have on your credit cards that have to do with things like foreign transaction fees, um, optional insurance, you know, additional insurance for rental cars. And those are generally not like what I would call the marquee rewards. And so you're not going to ever see a commercial uh, about a credit card that's got fantastic foreign transaction fee. That's not really a good marquee advertisement. It's going to be things like, you know, gigantic amounts of miles and points 
and gigantic amounts of cash back. Those are the things that sell rewards cards. So, but you you can get some really detailed information about um, about these second and third page rewards by going to any of the various credit card comparison websites. Or look, everyone knows who the apex predators are in the credit card world, right? It's Chase, it's Amex, it's Discover, it's City, it's it's those guys. Go to their websites, look at the the benefits offered by their no fee cards, and if they're you know, foreign transaction fee and the other travel-related benefits uh, are to your liking, then there you go. You have at least one option. Somebody texted in something about, and it's a long message about being turned down for a home loan because their credit was too good. Does that make any sense? Mm, no, not really. I mean, look, when you when you apply for something like a loan, whether it's a car loan or a mortgage, uh, especially a mortgage, there are three things that come into play. Number one is the quality of your credit. And in the mortgage world, uh, I mean, believe it or not, if you have scores in the high 500s, you're going to be able to qualify for something from a credit perspective. The best interest rates on mortgage loans, which aren't very good right now, but still the best interest rates on mortgage loans are for people who have credit scores at 760 and above, 760 and above, but you can definitely get a mortgage with scores lower than that. The second and third um, aspects of underwriting a mortgage are probably where the problem is. Number one is the loan to value ratio of the home. And what that means is it's the value of the home relative to the amount that you're borrowing. So if a home is appraised at $200,000, but you're trying to borrow $300,000, you're going to get denied regardless of what your credit score is because you're trying to borrow more money than the home's even worth. That's the second one. The third one is what's called debt-to-income. It's, uh, there's a ratio that compares your monthly payment requirements relative to your gross monthly income. That's called DTI or debt-to-income. That's a metric that lenders consider when they're trying to determine if you can afford to take on the debt. And your debt-to-income ratio for mortgage loans has to be, and obviously there's exceptions, but has to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 40% or lower. Um, if you try to take on a large mortgage loan, even if you have killer credit um, and your DTI is too high, then the lender is going to deny you because you're not going to be able to afford it, even though you've got really good credit. So there's usually something else that's the culprit if your credit isn't the cul- culprit. Is 620 score fixable? Yeah, I mean, any score is fixable. Credit scores are not chiseled in stone, right? I mean, you can have a 620 today and a 580 tomorrow or a 680 tomorrow. It just, it just depends on why is it a 620? Is it a 620 because your credit reports are loaded with negative information? Or is it because it's negative information plus credit card debt? There's always a method to improving your score. And for some of us, it's it's actionable, meaning that if you're able to get yourself out of some debt quickly, then your scores could go up quickly. But if you've got credit reports that are loaded with negative information, that's just going to take time. You know, that stuff is allowed to stay on your credit reports for many years and eventually when that stuff starts to fall off your credit reports because it's essentially run its allowable time frame, then your scores are going to go up because that I- those items are removed. But you can't just keep populating your credit reports with new bad information because you're essentially restarting the clock. Just to give you, an, you know, 620 is almost 100 points below the national average. The national average FICO score is 716. Mm-hmm. So 620 
while you may be able to qualify for something, you're you're definitely not getting the best deals that lenders have to offer. But no, you're not. No one is saddled with the six twenty forever. But you've got to make some changes to how you manage your credit. And if you will make those changes, then the next time I call into Tommy's show, maybe you'll be at six forty. And the next time, maybe six eighty. And the next time, maybe seven twenty. And then boom, you can start seeing how the momentum can go in your favor. Got a couple of different texts here, if I can combine them. Basically, they're asking about having credit cards but not using them. Do you have to use them every now and then? Leave the account open, just don't use them. Walk us through all of that, John, if you would, please. Yeah, I'm going to go backwards. So there's no good reason to close a credit card account unless, um, unless number one, you're irresponsible, or number two, you're going through a divorce and the card is a joint credit card with someone that you're about to divorce. So Otherwise, leave them open because credit scores love to see large amounts of unused credit limit. So that's, so that's number one. Number two, uh, yes, you're going to want to use your credit cards from time to time because credit card issuers don't make any money if your cards just sit idle in your wallet. And what they will eventually do is they will eventually either, number one, reduce your credit limit to be more in line with your usage patterns or number two, they'll close the card because of long-term inactivity. So what I like to suggest that people do, especially if you have something like Amazon Prime mm-hmm. or you're buying stuff off it, is just put all of your credit cards in Amazon Prime, and then one month, make all your purchases on this card. Next month, make all your purchases on some other card. And so you're, you're kind of revolving through your different credit card inventory. And so they're all not more than maybe two or three months of inactive inactivity. And so therefore the card issuers are not going to do things like lower your limits and close the credit card from out from underneath you. Um, and to the extent that you're paying it off in full every single month anyways, which is where you want to be, that that's really a good strategy to use. If you've got a ton of credit cards, obviously it's a little bit more, um, more heavy lifting, but, but, but yeah, you don't want to leave your credit cards inactive for an extended period of time. I do it with the streaming services. That way there's a monthly charge on it. You just got to remember to pay them. Um, somebody texted in, good idea to take out a fixed rate loan to pay out high interest credit cards. That's pretty obvious, but go ahead, John. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, you know, what you're doing is, uh, I'll, so I'll, give, I'll use an example. Let's say you have $25,000 of credit card debt, which is probably the most expensive debt that you're servicing. The average interest rate on credit cards right now is about 18%, which is pretty high. I mean, no one's paying that for mortgages. No one's, no one pays that. Well, you, I guess you could pay that for a car loan, but you shouldn't be paying that for a car loan. Uh, but, but people gladly accept that for credit cards and don't really think twice about it because it's just been that way for so long. So if you're able to do something like take out a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan or a personal loan and pay off that debt, what you've just done is you've just converted really expensive revolving debt into really inexpensive installment debt. And credit scoring systems love that because they don't really care very much about installment debt. They really care a lot about revolving debt. So not only did you just save money because it's probably cheaper to service that debt as an installment loan versus as a credit card, that was number one, so you saved money. Number two, your scores probably just went up because you just eliminated a massive amount of revolving debt and credit scores don't like revolving debt. However, you maybe don't want to close the account, but you don't want to use those cards either because if you refinance your credit card debt and then start running those credit cards up again, you're in deep, deep doo-doo. Yeah, I mean, you're in debt twice over. Obviously, that's not smart. Um, 
I would not close the cards. I would leave them open. I would use them sparingly from time to time because you never know when you're going to need them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's port- portable capacity is a very powerful thing, right? I mean, you, you have a, essentially a sliver of plastic in your wallet that's worth X numbers of thousands of dollars if you'll use it responsibly. So, but again, this is this is all about adulting. And if you, if you, like to your example earlier, Tommy, if you use a fifteen thousand dollar credit card as a supplement to your income, you probably should stick to debit cards. Uh, if you're responsible with credit cards, then you can have hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit cards available to you. And they're just there, and you're using them periodically, and you're paying them in full, so there's no interest. And you have basically no fraud liability for any use of a credit card. The, the, your fraud protections are unbelievable. You have zero liability for fraudulent use. And so don't use that excuse as a, you know, oh, I closed all my cards because I was worried about fraud. Well, I get it, but you have no financial liability. It's just a matter of replacing a card, and you're, you, know, you don't skip a beat. So, yeah, if you're going to pay them off with installment debt, that's fine. You're you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're just converting bad debt into better debt. And uh, but but don't close the cards unless you just know that you're not going to be capable of of um, using them responsibly. John, can't thank you enough for your time and your expertise. John Alzheimer, the fastest hour in radio. We'll talk to you again soon. Credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax, nine fifty four. Call it. Come back. Find out what Noel Norman's got planned for us today here on WWL. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 